everyone and welcome to the SBK Betting Podcast, an Aintree Festival preview. Yes, the 2023 running of the Grand National is upon us. And as always, our trusted pundits and racing aficionados, Ross Miller and Tom Collins, are on standby to take us through their selections on the best of the supporting races. And there's some serious, seriously cracking races um, outside of the National itself. We'll build up slowly to the national and uh, keep you waiting until we get to the main feature itself and have a proper look at the national this year. Um, we're recording still a few days out from our final declarations, but I think we've got a pretty good idea of the runners and riders, potentially some changes with the riders, but definitely most most undoubtedly the, ri- the runners that we've got for the Grand National itself. There's an extra week in between Cheltenham and Atria this year, which is likely to benefit all the trainers, hoping to back horses up from one to the other many played by the rule not to back a horse who's run at Cheltenham and then try and again at Aintree they're very different tracks of course some have been saved though some horses are fresh for uh, this uh, meeting and that's always very interesting as well Ross I'll just start with you I love Aintree it's a cracking track and of course the national fences give that extra bit of edge with the national the pinnacle has it been a successful betting meeting for you over the years? Uh, Generally it has but largely because I tighten the purse strings fairly tight after after Cheltenham with a view to this and and I think the extra week will certainly help trainers I'm not sure it's going to help us punters because I think it just adds that you know if you go by the hard fast rule which I normally have done of just not following in from Cheltenham that extra week just might make that not such a sort of a hard fast rule so for me it's definitely tread carefully enjoy the racing and and sort of um really tiptoe carefully with 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 the uh, staking of the of the bets yeah and obviously the national itself is such a lottery um and i always i always think when you get to the national itself no there are no rules you you know if you just like a horse by its name or its colors like fair enough go for it um because anything can happen it is a lot of luck um, involved but we're going to get to that we have got um three days we're going to start with a thursday and a pretty epic thursday um it has to be said we've got four grade ones um we're going to start with the manifesto novices chase is the two mile four furlong contest there is a small field where we've got the declarations for Thursday now so we know exactly who's going to turn up and what about this the Turner's novices chase winner stage star we've got Bambridge who was tipped up by Ross and TC on this pod for Cheltenham but was a late non-runner in the Turner's due to the soft ground he gets his conditions plus his form has been franked by El Fabiolo um, who he was behind the last time winning the Arkle we've got Sam Wah, who was third in the Arkle as well and uh, it's completed by Strawfine Jack and Visionarian TC Bambridge, have you been waiting, waiting patiently for him to come back now or uh, are you going to side against him? Yeah, well, they say in horse racing and sports punting in general, never chase your losses. Well, I'm chasing an anti-post bet that went straight in the bin after Bambridge was taken out of the Cheltenham Festival. Um, I was really hopeful that he was going to run really well uh, last last month, sorry, um, in March at Cheltenham. But as you say, he was taken out. Now he's got his ideal conditions in a small field, which he relishes. I've got to go in again. It's it's going to be uh, a loyalty bet, but also a head and heart decision at the same time, because I think this was just the best in the race anyway. As you've touched on, his form was franked by El Fabiolo, who romped home at Cheltenham. And in here, he's facing, yes, stage star, who won well at the festival. But at the same time, he's no El Fabiolo. The step back up in triple suit Banbridge, he's going to get the freshest ground as well on Thursday. There is um, weather forecast for Thursday, Friday and Saturday intermittently, but uh, as this is the opening race of the, the meeting, he's going to get fresh ground. So there's no worries there. 
My only doubt with Banbridge is that he was sent off 5-2 to two favourite in the Sefton at the Ancient Festival last year and he completely bombed out. However, that came on the back of a, an unbelievable performance at Cheltenham. Maybe he was just one. It was a quick turnaround. Maybe he bounced or, or ran flat. And that's not going to happen again because he didn't run at Cheltenham this year. Or two, maybe he didn't like the track. I'm hopeful that it's the first option there and that it was the quick turnaround that got him beat. If it was a the track, then he'll probably lose here. But I've got to be with Banbridge. Yeah, it was the Sefton, wasn't it? And there was a big field. I'm just looking at what the, the comments with the trainer, Joseph O'Brien, after said that horse was unsuited by being crowded for room on a number of occasions. He is a horse that has done particularly well in small runner fields. We've seen him win six uh, runner races before. Um, and he probably just isn't still that quite straightforward. He's still like learning how to to race. Potentially a year on his on his back, it might, might help him um, mentally as well. I just think, you know, nice and fresh, ticks a lot of boxes. Just looking at Stage Star, was that a tough race for him where he, he led all the way around? Paul Nichols likes to hope and think that that extra week is definitely going to benefit him. Ross, do you like the two in the top of the market? Are you looking elsewhere? Uh, I'm looking elsewhere. I, I do like Banbridge. Um, I've just sort of looked at the weather forecast and, and my forecast, which is normally pretty accurate, is saying it could be up to 25 mils of rain before Thursday. On good to soft ground, I think that could send it the softer softer side of of good to soft and i take on board what tc says and it's the first race it'll be fresh ground but i think banbridge is very ground dependent um and just at a short enough price it would put me off him coupled with the fact that he did underperform here last year although i do think you can put that down to having a tough race uh, in the martin pipe at, at cheltenham before um Stage star, I just think he got the run of the race last time. I don't think that will happen with Banbridge. And I think Banbridge is going to be fresh. He's quite a free-going horse. So I could see Banbridge upsetting stage star. Sam Roy, I just, I can't see this trip being for him. It doesn't look to me like he was crying out for further when he was sort of wilting away in the in the arkle. So actually at a big price, our chance visionarian, um, he's got decent form on on soft ground uh he was a, a really good fifth in the guinness hurdle at the galway festival over th over three miles uh he's won a grade three over two mile two and he's got two and a quarter lengths to find with sam Roy from their meeting uh, at leperstown over christmas over two mile one where he was given quite an aggressive ride um i would expect to see him ridden a bit more conservatively here given that there's a bit of pace in the race um he'll light the ground he'll definitely stay and I think there's a question mark over a couple in this as whether they will stay. Um, so I'd take him at a, at a big price uh, against a couple of more fancied rivals. Yeah, he's definitely the outsider of the field, isn't he, Visionarian? Um, but uh, a nice case to be made for him there. I'm with TC with Banbridge. I think he's going to probably go off near a favourite. Um, obviously, a lot of respect for the, the Cheltenham Festival winner. Um, but there's plenty of um, reasons to believe that uh, the freshness of Banbridge and what might have been had he been, um, you know, had he run at, at Cheltenham, he was definitely... He was definitely fancied, wasn't he? Um, and uh, Joseph O'Brien, he always, he tends to get his horses right up for this meeting. They tend to go well as well. So, yeah, let's, um, TC and I will will be will be backing Banbridge um, for that opening contest and Visionarian for Ross. Um, okay, that's a very, very good way to start the Aintree Festival. The Juvenile Hurdle is also a good race. We saw an epic finish in this last year. Um, and um, it's a slightly better betting heat than our previous contest with 11 runners declared. So we've got some each boy value in here. Um, and we've got, as expected, a, a Willie Mullins favourite in Zenta. Now he was responsible for the, 
the first three was at the first four home in the triumph hurdle and uh, Zenta is the best of those that is going to appear in this. Um, despite her relative inexperience, she ran a massive race to finish third um, and unsurprising really, especially with the sex allowance that she's likely to go a favourite. Then you've got Potentially the strongest opponent from our side of the seas. That's Bo Zenith. He's in there. A Nuzrat for Joseph O'Brien. He's already been over to the UK and um, put a lot of our better juveniles into one place. Um, script writer is in here as well. He's on a bit of a recovery mission. Um, Gravel, Perseus Way. Um, there again, there are horses, as we've said, we'll, we'll be talking about this for the majority of our preview um, TC that will be fresh, that won't have done Cheltenham. And I think especially if any kind of horse that might feel the effects of it, it would be a juvenile who's had a tough, you know, tough run in a big field, you know, with very testing going conditions. Um, I have to say, I thought Zenta was very visually impressive considering her inexperience. Would it concern you that, that that this might come too soon in such the early stages of her career? I definitely think she's the horse to beat in here. And I'm just going to preface what I'm about to say with there is no bet and no pick in this race for me at this stage. And there probably won't be a bet on the day either. Uh, juvenile hurdles generally aren't uh, my bag unless I really fancy something and I just don't in here. I think Zenta is the, the horse to beat. As you say, she ran a, a very good race behind Lossy Mouth at Cheltenham. That triumph hurdle developed into a sprint in the closing stages. I, I can't remember who it was, but someone on Twitter put up uh, sectionals over the course of the week. And the triumph hurdle was the quickest um, final three final sectional in, over the whole week. So it was a proper sprint. Zenta's obviously got a lot of speed, but maybe that flattered us uh, slightly. That's a slight uh, question mark there for me. And also, Phillies just generally don't tend to win this race. They have t done twice in the last 10 years. Apple's Jade back in uh, 2016. Willie Mullins trained her and Willie Mullins obviously is represented by centre this time around uh, and Lunique as well back in 2013 won but that was a terrible renewal so Phillies generally don't win the race you've got to factor that in she's a short price she's probably the horse to beat on that triumph form but at the same time I am slightly concerned with the reasonably quick turnaround two tough races and that race at Cheltenham probably took a lot out of her other horses in here that I want to mention Bo Zenith I actually backed into post for the triumph we didn't end up going there um, but he's an interesting horse if he bounces back to uh, his French form, albeit Blood Destiny. The horse he beat that day has been disappointing the last twice. And then I was at Kempton um, for the Adonis when Nazra at one beat Perseus Way that day and Scriptwriter was miles back in the field. Now, Scriptwriter jumped terribly, really badly. And you'd expect him to, to jump better at Aintree. And if he does, he's a player for the same connections that won this race last year with Knight Salute. Nazra is probably the smallest hurdler I've seen in a long time. Um, but that doesn't take away from his talent. He was very good that day. And despite the fact that Perseus Way made a mistake at the last, I think Nazareth probably would have won anyway. Those two are, are very closely matched and should be around the same price. So on that basis, Perseus Way at 12 to 1 compared to Nazareth at 11 to 2 could be the value. But as I say, I'll be sitting this out from a, from a punting perspective. Yeah, fair enough. Um, not for everyone. Um, it is. It, it, there are a lot of... I'd say concerns, but a bit slight sort of reservations I've got by for several of these. Scriptwriter is a funny one, isn't he? That was so disappointing last time. Um, potentially, you know, you could just draw a line through it and say that wasn't him because we've seen him being a, a really gritty horse who's done a lot of racing, Ross. And it was amazing, really, what Night Salute was able to do last year after running poorly in the triumph hurdle and then coming in dead heated Pied Piper. Milton Harris is brilliant about getting these horses back. And I, I do like the fact that he's got a lot of, you know, a lot of good race course experience to his name, um, as is Nuzrat. They've, they've raced plenty as uh, flat horses as well. So that might 
hold them in good stead. Nusra is fascinating being a cult. You know, if he wins a grade one, he could turn out to be, you know, a, a brilliant stallion if they wanted to, they wanted to close the door on, on the, on the, on the racing game. Um, it's just an, another interesting layer to the story. And I think winning a grade one would do that. How do you read the race? I think TC's got it spot on, to be honest. It's not a it's not a race I'd be keen to get involved with. I think there's too many imponderables. Um, I do think Zenta is just short enough. I think you're right. I think of all the horses that will take a bit of time to get over a race, normally the younger you are, the longer it takes you to get over it. Add on top of that that she's a filly. I just, at the prices, would want to oppose her, and I won't be surprised if she wins. I think this slightly easier track might just, might just suit her as well. Um, Perseus Waite, I mean, he just can't jump. Um, he he, re- he really can't, and it does tend to be a bit of a theme actually with Gary Moore train, trained juveniles. I often think they're not the the most fluent over their hurdles, um, so I I can't really have him on mind. And he's coming on from a fairly attritional boodles. Bo Zenith, I thought you know TC would have been crying to watch this one sluice up at Stratford as it was. I think two days after Cheltenham had finished, um, but he seems to have improved for better ground. As I said earlier, I'm working on the basis this isn't going to be that better ground he's improved for. So that would, would concern me because he bombed out quite badly on his UK debut at uh, Sandown when the ground was soft. So by process of elimination more than anything, really, it's, it's, it's Nuzret. He, he comes here fresh. He's already got the beating of these. I think TC's right. I think he'd have beaten Perseus way at Kempton anyway. Um, and I just think this flat track will suit him. Um, riving fresh. It's a decent enough price against a short price favour that I've got questions against. So I probably would be the same with TC, sitting on my hands watching this. But in terms of advising a locally winner, I think he'd... Okay, Nuzrat around about 11 to 2 or so um, for this juvenile race. Yeah, I think the more I think about it, the more I sort of talk myself out of Zenta. I did love what she did and she was one of my horses to take away from the festival. But I, I just feel, if anything, I wouldn't have, I would have been very happy to have not seen her run again until next year and see her develop into um, a horse for, for next season. But, you know, it is Willie Mullins. He does he does like to keep them going. Um, and actually, I don't think he's going to have that many horses running at the entry. Obviously, he'll have them running and he'll have got plenty for the Grand National. But in general, his grade one horses, he doesn't have a huge amount turning up. Um, a lot of them go to Punchestown, but I think he thinks that, you know, he probably wants to split a lot of them up because they all finish together in the triad so they think Zenta would have a good opportunity here I like her but I agree that her price probably is skinny enough Greyvale interests me she's a she she's another filly in the race now she was subject to some questionable race riding in the listed fillies juvenile hurdle at Doncaster in January which she won Paddy Brennan caused all sorts of interference which wasn't the best watch he got six days but fair to see the filly um, win and I think she would have won regardless she's still very green and far from the finished article but and the form isn't anything special either but she is learning on the job and she was much better in terms of her way that she went through the race when she won a similar event at Huntington at the end of March this is definitely a lot tougher um, and you know she's out of just her own sex and, and in an, an open company I wouldn't want her to be any shorter than eight or nine to one really she's just in a race which I think is quite open um, she could be um, an interesting contender here uh, for Fergal O'Brien so that's a look at the juvenile race um, which is another of the grade ones
Right, moving on, let's go to the Aintree Bowl, the 255 contest on Thursday, three mile, one furlong, and this is mouth-watering. Six have been declared. We have a fantastic Gold Cup runner-up in the shape of Brave Man's Game, and then we've got three who are also in the race, two that ran brilliant races without actually finishing in a Plutard, who was pulled up after being impeded when a hoist and yule came down there in the field. And we've also got the third place horse conflated as well, Throw in the Ryanair runner-up Shishkin plus Galore. This is cracking. I'm really looking forward to this race. Plenty that we can throw in around. I suppose, um, as we've said, we've touched on, we've got these horses, whether a lot would have taken out of taken out of them the, the runs at Cheltenham. Um, but essentially here, you've got horses that have all turned up in one shape or form at Cheltenham. So there's nothing fresh. Who do you think, Ross, of all of these is going to come into this with the best sort of prep in from those runs at Cheltenham. I mean, this is a, a, a really exciting race and a really interesting race to try and pick apart. Um, it, it breaks my heart, not and it, and it really does actually, to not tip Shishkin and not be fully in his camp. Um, and actually, if he'd have pulled up in the Ryanair, when I think most people thought he would do, I'd really fancy him for this. The fact that he actually managed to finish second is what puts me off because I think he must have just had the most brutal race. I mean, the guts and determination to run on from where he did, having jumped badly, never really travelled, just worries me that it's going to have left a left a mark on him. So from a very analytical point of view, not always my, <laughs> my, my MO, um, I just can't be advising him. Um, Brave Man's Game definitely had a hard race in the Gold Cup. Um, and I, I think we saw yesterday uh, with Royal Pagai, who never really got involved in the Gold Cup, but he barely raised a gallop, I didn't think, yesterday in the in the Irish Grand National. So I think Gold Cup form is is something I'm looking to avoid. Um, so Brave Man's Game can scratch him off. Hoyce and your fell perhaps before he'd really got to the bottom of uh, his reserves, but uh, Derek Fox is missing and Brian Hughes takes over, um, perhaps a bit a bit mean to say this about a champion jockey but i just don't see a hoist in your and brian hughes as a as a match although i think we have to say that you know uh lucinda russell and and peter scudmore would know the horse better than me and they've clearly gone and chosen the jockey they want but Derek fox rides with a very long length of leg a hoist in your rolls around he looks like a big old boat to try and control using your legs is quite important brian hughes rides a bit more like a flat jockey i just don't see that that working out conflated as a horse just don't like so that leaves me with Aplutard who got hampered and pulled up perhaps before he got to the to the bottom of his reserves and I did think he showed enough to suggest that he wasn't uh, completely done with the game um, after his sort of bomb out at, at Haydock back in the autumn um, he jumped he traveled he got hampered his race was gone from there he was always on the back foot um, was never going to get back into it he's got to prove that he likes Aintree um, but he's a classy horse. And if he's anywhere near his best, he's going to beat these. Okay, fair enough. Look, there is, I think, so much to be said for Aplutard. Um, I was a fan ahead of the Gold Cup. I thought he was looking like the old the old Aplutard, which we know loves coming back to Cheltenham and he's uh, he's run so well there before. And actually Rachel Blackmore and Henry de Bromhead were delighted with him as well, despite the fact that there's a P to his name, which I know um, T TC, you don't like seeing any letters to any horse's name when you're looking to tip them. But I think it's an unfair P, really. It's a, you know, the horse was never going to have an opportunity after being so badly impeded. And he's incredibly lightly raced this season as is brave man's game you should say say that 
but he really didn't have a, a, if, if any of the horses didn't have um, a, a tough race it would have been Aplutard um, compared to some of the others it's interesting what Ross thinks about um, the, the, how, how much it would have taken out these taken out of these horses um, the Gold Cup looked like one of the best that we've seen for a long time would you rather be with a horse that's come out of a Gold Cup or, or Ryanair like the likes of Galore and Shishkin it's a very tricky race, I think, just to assess in general, just not because you're comparing the two races, but also comparing how they ran at Cheltenham. You've got some horses that didn't perform at all, e.g. didn't finish the race. Uh, Aputada, Hoysen, you've got some horses that had extremely hard races. I completely agree with uh, Ross on Shishkin and Brave Man's Game. And then you've got other horses in here, Conflated, who I think still open to further improvement, and Garlor, who's just not good enough. So it's a very difficult race to assess. And that's why the market is so wide open for a small field. Shishkin, I thought uh, there'd be blinkers for this race, and there aren't. I thought the tongue tie would stay on, and it hasn't. The tongue tie's off. So there are two question marks there with him. A step on the trip, I think, will be fine, but he looked a bit reluctant early on, and that is a slight concern. I know they'll go slower in this race than they did in the Ryanair, but I just want to see a horse have that, you know, that spark to actually want a race in the early stages, and Shishkin didn't have it. Again, I would love to see him win as a neutral, uh, but I won't be betting him. Brave Man's game. We know I've got polarizing opinions on the Gold Cup to virtually everyone else in the horse racing industry. Um, I don't think he stayed, and I think he had an exceptionally, exceptionally difficult race. He was walking up the hill. 27 days later to come back and potentially win uh, the bowler Aintree will be some, some feat. I just don't think he's got it in him, though I do think this track suits him better as the distance as well. Um, Aplutard, again, polarizing view. I thought he was actually beaten at the time that he was hampered. Now, I know he was still tanking along or cruising or however you want to define it, but he was much further back than Rachel Blackmore would have wanted to be at that stage of the race. I just think she was niggling away at him. Maybe he had featured in the finish, but I don't think he was traveling as well as he has in previous Gold Cups. And off the back of two Ps, I'm more forgiving with a pulled up than I am with a fool or an unseat or brought down, whatever. Um, but on the back of two Ps, I can't bet him in this race at around nine to two. Ahoy, senor. I've said all year, all year that he's an Aintree horse and I'm going to back him again at Aintree this year. But again, with a full next to his name, that puts me off. And I also agree with Ross about Brian Hughes. Um, I think Derek Fox is key to this horse and he unfortunately cannot ride. So if he drifts out to seven to one, then I will have some cash on a horse and you will break my own rule. But unfortunately, at the price right now, I won't be. So it's just conflated a process of an elimination for me. This is a horse I, I've really... Uh, loved over the last couple of years. I thought they should have gone to the Ryanair at the Cheltenham Festival, but he ran very well to finish third in the Gold Cup. Maybe that takes its toll on him here and he's not the same horse, but he finished second in this race last uh, 12 months ago behind Clanders Oboe. A repeat of that effort will be good enough to see him there or thereabouts at, at around five to one, I think is a very fair price. And that came after falling um, two from home at Cheltenham in the Ryanair and then he ran a big race to finish second didn't he so he's a uh, I think he's improved this year clearly we saw that at Leopardstown when he when he won the Savills um so he's kind of difficult to get too overexcited about something about conflated he just doesn't do it for me he doesn't have that that x factor um that a couple of these others have I and mean, I think Shishkin is just edging favoritism to Brave Man's game which can't really work out to be honest considering what Brave Man's Game has achieved this season and how unpredictable Shishkin, Shishkin can be um, I'm going to have to disagree with you about the Aplutard assessment I think he was going I think he seemed to me to be more of himself 
Um, and I think that was just the way that Rachel Blackmore wanted to ride him, ride him quite quiet. Um, they went out quite quick out in front um, and she was given the opportunity um, when she got impeded um, in and around her after a couple of, of fallers in front of her. So I'm with a Plutard in this field. Um, it's, uh, it's a really interesting race to pick apart. And I hope that we get, um, I hope every, every horse shows up and at their best as well. Um, because yeah, you know, we love, we love seeing them. Um, and it's great that connections feel like they want to give it a go after, um, after what could have been quite tough runs at Cheltenham. So we'll see how the gold, gold, gold cup form stacks up as well. Um, it's always um, fascinating to see. Um, okay, look, that is a spin through. Um, some of the best races. Obviously, we've missed one out in the, in the, in the shape of the entry hurdle. Um, Constitution Hill will be um, back potentially for the final time over hurdles. And uh, he faces five rivals. Look, great that we've got him back. It's going to draw in the crowds. I've said to plenty of people, if you're not going to watch one race, um, if you're going to watch one race outside of the Grand National, watch Constitution Hill. He is our rock star in this sport at the moment. Um, and we really, really do need him. Um, and look, if he turns into whatever type of horse next year over fences, even better. Unless there's anything that's going to deny him, um, I would, I'll get Tom and, and Ross to throw anything else out if they've got any other queries or thoughts about um his opposition on thursday or unless there might be anything else from the day because we're going to do other races just if there are any other fancies but tc ross anything to add to constitution hill he wins that's all i'm going to add here um it's just not a punting race is it one to five maybe if you want to buy some money and you're a big punter um then he's the post you want to back but i'll be having no bet in that race whatsoever not even a forecast it just doesn't interest me from a punter point of view and no other bets on the Thursday card for me. Okay, well, Ross, maybe, unless you don't think he's going to do it, maybe how far he wins by in this field? Uh, he'll, he'll win by 10 lengths or more. I'm sure there's a bet for that around. Um, look, he, he did it without having to think, really, by the fact that he uh, sort of made everyone uh, jump a little bit at that last hurdle. He's going to be an easier jumping display, you like to think, at Aintree anyway. Um, but that's Constitution Hill. Uh, what a breathtaking um, day's racing we have on the Thursday at Aintree. Um, OK, we'll move on to Friday. Um, we'll start with the Mild May Novices Chase. As I mentioned, we do have declarations for the Thursday, um, we still are um, just got the five day entry list for um, everything else from Friday and Saturday. So there's still a bit of guessing. And it's interesting with this race, the Marbain Novices Chase, because at the top of the betting, as it stands, you've got two horses owned by the same people, um, but different trainers, whether they'll be happy to take each other on. That's Jerry Colomb and Journey With Me, both um, owned by Rob Call. Um, they're at the top of the betting here. Um, we know that Stage Star, who's entered in this race, doesn't go. Um, we've got the likes of Bron, who was um, third in the Brown Advisory. Um, and then there are some other horses in here that didn't go to Cheltenham. So still slight uh, un uncertainties, Ross, I suppose. Um, is there something in here that is really standing out standing out to you? No, it's, it, it's, it's a race that uh, by the time myself and TC do our um, short pods, I'll, I'll have more of a clear idea on. Um, uh, I'd be against Jerry Colomb, and and that's not, not just because I like winding you up. I mean, I think you need every every single ounce of the stamina test that the um, Browns was. I didn't think his jumping was anywhere near good enough. I thought he jumped up in the air rather than across his fences. So I'd be opposing him. 
Um, City Chief is just a horse that's interested me all season. He's been he's been good to me so far this season. He's got to step up to get to this level. But he arrives here fresh. He jumps well. He stays very well. Um, I just thought he was interesting. And then just one a little bit further down the list. Uh, Whistle in the dark for Laura Morgan. He's got bags to find. But he's one over two mile two. He's one over two mile five. She really did improve uh, not long till May. He looks like this horse got a similar profile. You know, she went to the Cheltenham Festival, sort of people thinking that she was perhaps uh, overstepping her grade and proved that to be far from the point. Um, if he's declared, he's a horse that would perhaps just interest me at a, at a big price. Yeah, a fair play to her. She probably thinks, look, if not long till May can take his chances, why not others? They, she sees at home their homework and how they perform to, with each other. So, yeah, Laura Morgan, um, the trainer, has so much time and respect for. So fair play to her. I'd like to hope that Whistle in the Dark does take up his chances um, in this field. Um, TC, then fair, fair enough, and I must plug the daily podcast that you will be doing where you have a better knowing and understanding of who's going to be running in these races. And also, we'll also know how some of the Chapman form is, is beginning to materialize a little bit as well is there anything in here that you want to just just choose and and what do you make of jerry colom do you think i'd be mad to keep the faith well before i get into this race i, I cannot believe what i'm hearing firstly ross has not put up thunder rock which is an absolute shock to me because he's done it done it in every race this year literally every race this year secondly i've seen your selection jess and you're not putting up jerry colom so what is going on are we living in the same world i don't know what's happened but what I will say is this race at the moment isn't a punting uh, play for me. When we get around to the daily pods and as Ross and Jess have touched on there, they'll be running every single day uh, for the day ahead at uh, Aintree. So check them out on our YouTube coming up this week. Um, but when we get around to that, we'll have a greater idea of who's going to run. But if I was to put forward a horse, it would just be Jerry Colomb because I think he's the horse to beat. Now, I stick by the fact that I think he's very slow. He's a Gold Cup horse for the future. The race planning has been fantastic uh, from Gordon Elliott throughout his career. But I actually thought he ran okay at Cheltenham, probably better than I expected. His finishing effort up the hill was really good. His jumping, as Ross said, wasn't great, but it, I don't think it was horrific. And because I think he's got such a talent advantage over the majority of these horses in the field, he would just have to be the play, especially if the rain gets in the ground on Thursday and Friday. Um, just looking at the others in here, Journey With Me is a horse I used to really love uh, when he was a novice hurdler. I've just gone off, off him a little bit since. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's as talented as I thought he was and that kind of leaves him a bit sad with Journey With Me because I thought he could be the next big thing. Uh, Bron, Jerry Colomb has the beating of him from a race back in November. And the old guard, the older horses in this race, I just don't think are good enough. Uh, so Jerry Colomb would be the tentative player at this point. But I cannot believe your selections. That's why I asked you. Do you think I'm mad? But for <laughs> I assume that I'm assuming that you're going to say yes or mad. Do not go follow. Do not keep faith. It's not that I have lost the faith. I just think that that race would have taken a lot out of him. It was such a bizarre viewing spectacle. If you're a Jerry Colon fan, you were just devastated. Watch coming a couple of fences to go, thinking, "What is going on here? This is not the Jerry Colon I've seen." And then out of nowhere, he spread he sprout wings again. I don't know what it was. I don't know if he was loving life at Cheltenham. I don't know if it was he was given not a positive enough ride. I don't know what it was, but it looked it was as much as I love seeing him trying to to get back to um, the winner that day um, in the real whacker and and only coming down by a short head. I just think that as we've said, if any race is going to take something out of a horse, it would have been that um, that climbing up up the hill after being so laboured early on. 
I just I just feel like I'm happy to see him go in open company next year with a view to the Gold Cup backwards. So I look, it's going to be tough against the likes of Gallup and Deschamps next year for Jerry Colon. But my bet my bet was at Cheltenham, and it's not that I don't like the horse anymore. I just don't. I just think that was going to have taken a lot out of him. And being what seven to four favorite, it's short enough again. Journey with me now again fresh. Comes into this race off the back of a win. It was slightly laboured. He's not the most um, exciting horse to watch when you know he's he he had the race in the palm of his hands, but he still made it difficult for Rachel Blackmore. Um, he's just lost his his zest at the end of races, which he had as a novice hurdler. Um, but he's getting they're getting there with him. I think at the, at the beginning of the season he was massively disappointing when he fell first time out. Um, and you know Henry de Bromwich's horses weren't the best, but then he started he. He then was second to Impervious, and I don't think that's bad form. Um, went down on a sword, really, to, to a brilliant mare who won at Cheltenham. And then he franked that form as well. Um, just comes into this race without the worry, to me, of a Cheltenham Festival race, taking a lot out of him. So that's why I've gone with Journey with me. Um, so in a race where both myself and Ross have gone against our Cheltenham selections, um, we will we'll see how, how they do. We'll probably have egg in our face after it. Um, right, we'll go on to the Marsh Chase. Um, run over two mile full furlong and open race. This again, a hard race. Doesn't massively excite me, this one. I've got to admit, I think that it it lacks a kind of quality or star appeal uh, in this division that we've got in some of the others. So I suppose it could be quite open for something slightly more unexpected, potentially, Ross. I think this could throw up a bit of a surprise. What What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree. Um, Fakadudri has never been a horse I've got fully on board with. And I, I thought he, he got a, an odd ride at Ascot last time, went far too wide. But he's looking a little bit regressive. Uh, Pickdory isn't going isn't gonna to want soft ground, I don't think, in this class. Hitman just doesn't win. Fury Road has entered in the Grand National and elsewhere. Miller's Bank has looked regressive. Um, I love Fugitive. He's been good to me all year. Um, Sean Bowen gave feedback to connections after the race at the standing start cost them the win at, at the Cheltenham Festival. He's convinced he lost plenty of lengths there. Um, he's a fairly big, uh, long-legged horse. I think he took a while to find his stride, but he jumped beautifully, travelled really well. The trainer is convinced he'll stay further than this next season. So if they go hard up front, which I think there's every chance they could do, Sean Bowen keeps the ride. Um, I, I can just see him still finding yet more improvement. He's a young, fairly lightly raced horse. He's been well looked after by uh, Richard Hobson. Um, I, I think he's got bags left in him yet. Uh, and I'd love to see him upset a few more fancied horses in this. Yeah, I, Richard Hobson, I think, has campaigned him beautifully, hasn't he? In um, handicap company, it's, it's tough for a horse to go from one big handicap to the next. And he deserves a big success after those two runner-up efforts at Cheltenham. Um, yeah, I, lo- I love the case for Fugitive. Tom, are you, are you the same? Is this a race that you can you can pick holes at some of the, the lead protagonists in the betting? Yeah, absolutely. And it's normal service resumed of Ross picking Fugitive. Uh, if he didn't pick Fugitive, I was off this pod. It was game over. I couldn't do two in a row. Um, I could actually make a solid case for Fugitive as well. He was the last off my shortlist, but mainly just because I want to take on these jollies. As Ros t- uh, touched on there, Pick Dorhe, the ground won't be ideal. And I also think he's better going around um, right-handed tracks rather than left-handed. Now, maybe that's just because I've got this uh, agenda with Pick Dorhe. I backed him on his first UK start all the way back in 2019. And I haven't backed him since, and he's won seven times in the interim. So, you know, make of that what you will. Um, but Pickdor, he's not a horse I really want to play in here. Baku Duderi is the solid option, isn't he? He's won this race for the last two years. You've got to respect that. 
But again, I fancied him last time at Ascot and he ran no sort of race. Maybe the return to Aintree will see him in better light, but he's hard to back on the back of that evidence. Um, so I, would, I was going to take a chance on Fugitive, but I thought I'd take a shot on another horse at the same uh, current price, around 9, 10 to 1, and that's Miller's Bank. Uh, he's saved his best for this meeting for the last two years, so he has looked regressive, as Ross touched on. But I don't know whether that's just a case of prepping him, getting him ready, getting him tuned up for this race at Aintree. He finished a really good third at 80 to 1. Uh, in the entry hurdle back in 2021. And then he won the Manifesto last year, really impressively, by 10 lengths beating Warlord. Now, Warlord's obviously not a phenomenal horse. He's good, but he's not great. This race, though, I, I don't think is full of great horses. So Miller's Bank could uh, replicate that performance um, in this event. He was only two lengths behind Pick Dorhe in the Peterborough chase earlier this season. So albeit his form figures don't really stand out as a horse who's been running to his best, he stacks up reasonably well against the market leader and he's a much bigger price. So I'll take a chance. Second time off wind surgery for Miller's Bank. Yeah, and I'm also pleased to see that Alex Hales has had a couple of winners recently. He had a very quiet, he didn't have a winner in January. He didn't have a winner in March. And then he's had two winners over the last week, which I think is, you know, just what that yard would want for confidence. But Miller's Bank, bank yeah, he's he's got a, a little bit to prove. He's obviously been behind and um, pick Dory. Um, but yeah, he's been here to Aintree. He does like it. But I agree. I agree with both Ross and Tom here that there is plenty to, to say against, um, to say about taking on these favourites. I think Hitman, I heard in an interview with Paul Nichols that he was one, one of the horses that did have a very hard race at Cheltenham. Even though he ran a big, big race, it was a hard race. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him run here. Um, I've gone right down to the bottom of the field um, in, from a betting perspective, and I'm going to go with Manella Drama, um, who is another outsider. He's um, He's got the fresh young legs. Um, he's just an eight-year-old. Yes, he's been running at uh, some of the northern tracks, uh, but he's been winning and been doing just as Donald McCain and um, Brian Hughes would want from him. Um, this is a class step up. Um, it's the toughest race that he would have uh, appeared in. Um, but they deserve a stab at the grade races now. Um, he's gone up to an official racing of 154 after sort of playing sort of in the mid 140s at the beginning of the season. So he's rated to be within this bunch um, and he's around 20 to 1. So it'll be interesting to see how many turn up and if it's a good each way betting race or not. Um, but I think we can all agree that we're happy to take on the favourites here in the Marsh Chase. Right, that's a second race we're looking at um, at um, on Friday. The third is the Sefton Novices Hurdle, three mile half a furlong. Um, is the trip. This is a race where Hermes Alain, who ultimately disappointed in at Cheltenham um, in the Ballymore, he is stepping up in trip to this three mile um, half a furlong distance. Um, you've got um, some other interesting contenders in, in here as well that are, are slightly more um, unexposed than you could say um, this likely favourite Hermes Alain is is um, in that they've sort of slowly been making their presence known in this division um, and now stepping into greater company. Absolute Notions didn't go to Cheltenham um, but ran very well second on the Dublin Racing Festival. You've got um, Arocco who's one of the Martin Pipe in here as well and um, the likes of the Carpenter for Nicky Henderson who's just a, a really fascinating contender and uh, he's shown to, shown to be a pretty classy operator but has to step up again. We said, Ross, that the if the juveniles, you know, you don't want a juvenile to have had a hard race um, at Cheltenham. I suppose it's the same for a staying novice because it's going to take out a lot of them at a young age over a staying trip on soft ground. Um, 
an intermediate type novice is similar for the likes of Hermes Len. What did you make of that run? Because, you know, Harry Cobden was very critical about the way that the tactics played out in and around him and he wasn't best pleased with it all. Can you forgive him? Do you think that he's the class angle in here? Harry Cobden for whinging or Hermes Allen. Um, Harry Cobden for whinging, yeah, of course I can, because I think in the heat of the moment, you sort of say things that you perhaps don't fully think through. But I I do think it was a a daft comment because he could have just gone on um, because the horse has gone on and and been made plenty of use of in his races prior to that. Um, Of all the horses coming out of the Cheltenham Festival, I kind of could forgive Hermes Allen. I can can see him winning this. I think he's definitely got this in his range. and I think he can perhaps, you know, dominate things from the front. I think that's what what got him beat at, at Cheltenham as he sort of got muddled around with. Um, and it was a fairly moderate ride, I think. And and I suppose, you know, Harry Cobden was brilliant on the second two days. I don't think he was great on the first two days. Um, so I, I can see it. Um, I've got to stick with the Rocco, though. I mean, I thought he was really impressive to win, to win the Martin Pipe uh, at, at Cheltenham at no point really until the, the final herd he looked like he was was going to win it um he's got six pound to find with him is Allen at the top rated 150 he's on a 144 i think there's every chance that this extra trip can bring about more improvement um, i think he's a really exciting horse going forward i think three mile will be his trip there is a concern obviously that he probably had a heavy enough race because he was off the bridle from a long way out so he'd have been you know running running with the petrol gauge uh to empty at the end I would imagine um but I just really like him I think he's uncomplicated he's if this is a big field he's he's already proven he can handle a big field um I think he's got bags going for him and I'll I'll stick with him yeah he definitely saved me at the end of the Cheltenham Festival after quite a difficult um, couple of days in between um the Tuesday and yeah, brilliant performance. And Aidan Kelly said when he got off that this horse is an out-and-out stayer. Um, I'm re- look, really looking forward to seeing him jumping a fence, actually. Um, he's, uh, he's, there's a lot of light to like about Oroko. Um, yeah, last race at Cheltenham, if anything, uh, when you get right to the end of that after a bit of a nutritional run, um, they'll be hoping that, uh, that, that that hasn't taken too much out of that five-year-old as well. Um, Tom, what do you make of some of the horses in this build that have that kind of have just only a couple of runs to their name. Do you think there are any, anything in here that um, could sort of raise raise the bar even higher um, in this kind of race? Yeah, I think there are. But at the same time, I think it's really difficult to cross compare these form lines. Um, I mean, Oroko is running in a handicap hurdle. You've got Hermes Ellen in the Ballymore. You've got loads of different horses coming in from different races. And I think it's super difficult to compare them. Generally, in races of this nature, you can find value because it's hard to compare horses. But I found it difficult here. So there's no pick, I'm afraid, in this race. I would generally, generally, though, like horses that are fresh. However, Absolute Notions and Maximilian, who are the highest up in the market um, that miss Cheltenham, I just don't like either. So it's really difficult to, to come down on a horse. If I had to give you one name at this point in time, it would be Mufasa, a huge each way price. Um, but he has to improve, pre- improve plenty on figures to even contend. So, yeah, I'll sit this one out, Jess. Okay, no problem. Well, we did have a 66 to 1 winner of this race a couple of years ago who turned into none other than um, Ahoy Senor. Um, so we've seen big, big price winners of this race. Um, he'd only had a couple of wins in Maiden Company that um, for Lucinda Russell. I was really taken by the carpenter when I saw him win at Newbury. I was there that day. Um, I don't think he beat a huge amount, um, but I think it's he's the kind of horse that Nico de Boinville does really well with. He sort of smuggles him in, keeps him quiet. He's um, he's a seven year 
year old and has only done a very small amount of racing. He's only ran three times, clearly had plenty of issues. Um, but they have just they're getting the better best out of him now. Um it's not, it's quite a quick turnaround from um the end of March when he won at Newbury. Um I think he would want a bit of rain as well, but I'm really interested to see him run over this trip. Um he'll be stepping up by another um half a mile. And yeah, I've just got I just I, I like the way he goes. I hope that he's a bit of each way value around the seven to one chance. So that's the carpenter in the second novices hurdle. Right, we've got the top him over the national fences on the Friday, and um, we've got plenty of other races as well. Ross, do you have anything else? Um, any other fancies that you want to throw in for Friday? Yeah, in the top him, um, final orders for Gavin Cromwell really interest me. He ran an amazing race at, at Cheltenham, got completely outpaced the whole way round, was never going to be sighted, and then absolutely flew home to finish fifth um, in the Grand Annual. I think he's still got scope off this mark of 150. He's um, perhaps not in, in years gone by the sort of jumper you would look for for the entry fences, but I think it's fairly agreed now that actually a low, slick jumper can get away with a with, with that style of entry now. He's definitely in that mould. Um, I think he's a really talented horse. This extra trip is going to suit him. The long running from the back of the last will really suit him. Uh, Gavin Cromwell, uh, Keith Donoghue riding. Keith Donoghue, I think, is a really good uh, rider of a fence. Uh, so he's well on my radar for the top one. OK, brilliant. Thank you. Um, love the top one. Great race. Um, uh, Tom, anything that you would like to add in as well for Friday? Yeah, just one, and that's Picard in the 220. It's a two-mile full furlong handicap hurdle. Now, this selection generally relies on how much rain falls at Aintree this week. If there's bucket loads and it's soft ground, verging on heavy, then I don't want to be uh, having any part of Picard. But if it's on the good side of soft, then Picard will be a very interesting horse in the 220 on Friday. He ha also has entries in a couple of the uh, grade one novice hurdles as well, and an apprentice handicap hurdle over shorter. But I think this looks the best spot for him. He's a six-year-old. He ran well against the likes of Nappers Hill and John Bond last year. Um, returned with an impressive winner at Chepstow in a race that's produced five subsequent winners at the start of this season. Then the ground went completely against him, as I've touched on. Doesn't want soft ground. Went against him at Newbury and then at Cheltenham, albeit he ran very well there to finish third. And then I liked the way he put away Omri the second last time out. Aintree's always been uh, suggested as his target. He's going to love this track. He's very well treated off 1-3-2. It's just whether he gets his ground. OK, um, I'm actually going to take you on in the same race, but I'm tentative because my selection, Blenkinsop, has got four different entries. But I think the, the race that's sort of made for him is the two mile four furlong handicap hurdle on Friday um, because he's been doing all his run uh, racing over that intermediate trip. He's got um, entries in the Sefton, um, the grade one. Um, that day, he's also got entries in three mile handicap hurdle on the Saturday and um, the... Mersey novices hurdle over two mile four pile on the grade ones. They could give a grade one a go, but I think they, I think the Henry Daly team um, believe that off a rating of 131, he's still probably got a decent enough handicap mark to go to a handicap. He's gone shot up in the ratings. Um, he's as, he began life in a handicap off 104, um, but he's been nothing short but pretty flawless in his displays um, in his four races this season. Um, he hasn't been seen since uh, New Year's Eve uh, of last year, but I think they've been waiting um, potentially for the ground. Um, he didn't run at Cheltenham um, on trials day. And I, I hope that wherever they go, that they're, they're going to have a good run with Blankensoff. I really enjoyed following him his season this, uh, this year. Okay, that's... Um, 
Uh, a couple of other selections on the Friday of Aintree. We're going to move on now to the Saturday. Um, we're building our way up to the Grand National, just so um, we will be getting there and we're having a, a real look at uh, the selections that uh, Ross and, and TC have come up with. We're going to, before we get there, we'll just touch on the Liverpool hurdle, three mile, uh, half a furlong. Um, Ross, will see Marie's Rock stepping up and trip after that underwhelming run in the Mayor's hurdle. Um, she probably should have always been in the Stairs hurdle, but... Stairs hurdle was a bit of a uh, unusual one in the end. Um, we've got Tiopu, who was third place in that stairs. He's in it, as well as the stairs hurdle winner, um, Sada Berle, who won this race last year. It, um, it's interesting. I, I find it interesting that Marie's Rock is favourite, considering how poorly she ran last time. Yeah, but the, the, the mayor's race was a was a muddly race as well. I'm not sure if, if Nico looked back over Cheltenham, he'd have that rated particularly high in terms of ride seat. He, he gave a horse um, and it just proves that that can that can happen. Um, the Stayers division, probably for the last two seasons now, is it, it's just an absolute muddle. I think you probably would have as much chance to find the winner if you just threw a dart at a dartboard, to be honest. Um, it's certainly not a, a division I feel I've got any real grasp on. Time Hill, I think, is interesting in that he's clearly got bags of ability. He can't jump. Um, he got away with it at, at, at Kempton. It was never any more than that. Um, and I think that was almost a bit of a shame because I think he'd have had a chance in the stayers hurdle. But because he won at Kempton, they sort of felt inclined to continue with a horse. I think they know doesn't jump uh, and, and went to the Browns. If he bounces back to anywhere near his best hurdling form from last season, I think he'll go really close. Um, but it's a race I will try and dig down into more detail um, on, on the Friday pod with TC. But at the moment... Uh, I'm really not at all keen on anything. Uh, Time Hill would be a sort of speculative suggest suggestion as opposed to a to a tip. Yeah, fine, fair enough. Back over hurdles, interesting. Um, Tom, um, sadly no cigar hard. Uh, we uh, we have we've tried our best, but he actually ran quite well over fences last weekend. Um, so I'm sure you've given up at that at this stage on that venture. Is there anything that you took out of the stairs hurdle? Um, at Cheltenham this year that you think can run a bit better or, or one that ran very well that you would like to see in here, that you'd like to tip up in here? Yeah, I think the Sagerhard ship has well and truly sailed at this point, Jess, I'm afraid. Um, yeah, I'm going to be taking home by the Lee. Um, in our Cheltenham Review podcast, I mentioned that he was probably my biggest eye catcher of the week, or at least one of them anyway. Now, I presume he runs here. The fact he's drifted from 6-1 to one to 8-1 to one in the last couple of days uh, is a slight worry in that regard. But I've seen nothing um, from Connections saying they're going to be bypassing the event. So I assume he goes here. And if so, 8-1, to one, I believe, is a phenomenal price. He ran as good as anything, in my opinion, in the stairs hurdle. Made a woeful mistake. Absolutely terrible mistake at the sixth hurdle. Completely lost his back end. Lost four positions in the race. Was ridden away. And for many horses, that'll be the end. They'll be pulled up or they just wouldn't feature. But he refound his stride, rallied up the hill, and was only beaten three and three-quarter lengths of the line. Now, as I touched on in an article I wrote after uh, the Cheltenham Festival, T. Hoopoo was the horse that plenty of people will take out of the race as the obvious eye-catcher. He was the horse that made ground from the back, whereas all the other um, protagonists at the finish, apart from Cider Burley, obviously, uh, were bang in the, in the uh, firing line from the outset. So T. Hoopoo is the obvious one, and I think he'll probably go a favourite, actually, in this race. But I think Home by the Lee ran actually the best race in the stairs. I thought he was the, the horse that, if he didn't make that mistake early on, I think he might have gone very, very close, if not winning. So eight to one, I think it's a brilliant price. Actually, one of my better bets of Aintree if he goes here. Um, so I'll definitely be taking home by the lead. 
Okay, yeah, Home by the Lee um, probably didn't run his race, did he, in the stairs? So, yeah, interesting selection there. Um, I think Champ has been laid out for this race. Like, they did go to Cheltenham for a reason. Yes, he can be a bit of an enigma, um, but he needs to be fresh, 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 fresh. And he will just be like that um, in a race where I agree with Ross. You could throw anything, um, a dart at this, and you probably um, have a case to be made for them. But Champ being fresh... I, I just probably just edges it for me in a race where I don't have a massive opinion. Um, so we'll we'll put the Liverpool hurdle to one side and we'll crack on to the Grand National. Um, as Tom and Ross have said, they're going to do their daily podcast where they can have a, a real look at these, especially when we have a full set of runners and riders. Um, but I think at this stage, we'll discuss um, a couple of the lead uh, protagonists from a betting perspective um, and also go into depth into um, any other any other horses that in this race that really takes uh, a fancy from an anti-post position. Um, so let's talk about the lead players in this race as they, I think, you know, as they should do to be favourites for a Grand National, have extremely attractive profiles. Um, and you've got to say that Corrick Grambler, who heads it at the moment, with Derek Fox looking, you like to hope he's going to be OK to, to stay on board um, his horse, who he, get, who he rides so, so well. Um, and he's been the making of this horse, I believe, as well, especially the last two Ultimas. Corrick Rambler is £10 well in for this race after winning that Ultima, um, and he he heads the betting. Um, you've then, then got Noble Yates, last year's winner. Um, he's in here off a much higher mark, um, but he's been laid out for this race, and he showed his class and how good he is in graded events, um, especially running a fine race to finish fourth in the Gold Cup. And then you've got Delta Work, the winner of the cross-country He's got a big weight himself, um, but uh, ran a fine, fine race in this to finish third last year. You've got a Cheltenham Festival winner in Gaia de Manil. Um, you've got Mr. Incredible, who ran another very eye-catching race in the uh, Kimur at Cheltenham. So those are some of our lead protagonists, I would say. Um, maybe, Ross, let's talk about Corrick Rambler. There must be a massive case for him. Um, but you've got to be a brave person to go for a, a favourite in this race and be really confident. Um despite even despite that that 10 pound weight pull that he essentially does have off the back of the ultimate uh i'm not sure i agree about the favorite i mean tiger tiger roll was a, fa a fairly short price favorite and i thought he had outstanding credentials for the race because everything about his run style suits this race um i think firstly you've got to really really hope that Derek fox is is going to be back ready for this on saturday now jockeys are different breed but the fact that there's He's working on 48 hours to recover from a shoulder injury. Um, to most mortal people would seem like a fairly narrow window. To a jockey, it's like having an extra month. So he should be fine. I think if Derek Fox is not on board, you've got a big problem. Because I think this horse is clearly quirky. clearly takes a bit of knowing. And Derek Fox knows him very well. Um, but I just don't see this horse's run starts setting up for a Grand National albeit he's £10 well in, but Cloth Cap was, I think, £12 well in three years ago, and he couldn't convert. Um, he's going to be ridden cold, so he's got to have luck in that nothing's going to roll on the floor in front of him and, and bring him down. But the bigger concern for me is the angle of, and distance from the back of the last to the line. He's got to negotiate the elbow while he looked pretty hard to steer at Cheltenham, which is pretty much a straight run. And it's a very long run from the last to the line. So Derek Fox has got to deliver him halfway up, well, between the elbow and the line, really, in an ideal world. I think that takes the world of doing. Derek Fox is very talented. But if it, if he delivers him like that, it's 
its ride of the season uh, nailed in the coffin, and he's probably already got one one contender from Cheltenham. Um, I'd love to see it. I think uh, connections are the, are the are the best trainers of staying handicap chasing in the country. Um, they've plotted him really well, but at the prices, I just couldn't have him on my mind. I'm afraid. Okay, he is about thirteen to two, and I suppose. Yeah, there is a lot going for him. He hasn't been there. He hasn't done it before. We haven't seen him over an entry fence. We have seen Noble Yates do it, um, who's our second favourite, Tom, who has, if you watch back that Grand National from last year, he was sort of given the ride that Derek Fox probably want to give Corrick Brown, but kept him out the back. You know, he went quite wide and I watched it earlier again and I was thinking he was, you know, he was lucky. You've got to be lucky that, that you kept out of trouble, but it was he, he kept him cold and he smuggled that horse into it and he suddenly was produced sort of on that inner rail and it was just, it was, it was, it, he stayed all day, didn't he? Um, what about his profile this year? Do you think there is that he can, he can back it up? Is he a, is he a Tiger Rod take two? Yeah, well, I, like many last year, couldn't have had Noble Yates. In fact, I didn't even consider him. Um, I probably spent five minutes just looking at his races and then wrote him off um, and he ended up proving me completely wrong. It was a phenomenal ride and only four horses were actually behind him jumping the first and second fence. And you just don't see that generally in Grand Nationals. It's horses that race in mid-div or up with the pace that generally uh, contest the finish. But Melbourne Yates defied that trend last time around. I think he's gone from strength to strength ever since. And you don't always see that with national winners either. Sometimes they can be the, the proverbial one-trick pony where they produce their big AA game on Grand National Day. And then that takes their toll for the rest of the, the season or career, potentially, in some horses. But Noble Yates has really impressed me this year. Um, he's uh, many clouds chase victory at Aintree. Again, I think a repeat of that effort, albeit in a completely different track, completely different race, I think that would see him bang in the firing line. And his last two starts at Cheltenham, he's just been outpaced and stayed on well up the hill over shorter trips. I thought his Gold Cup run was really good for a horse that in the early stages looked like he wanted no part of the race. Um, obviously, they went very hard and that didn't suit him in the early stages. It did in the later stages. Uh, but I thought he ran fantastically. And although he's much higher in the weights, I've backed him into post for this race at 14 to 1. Um, lovely bit of after time in there. So hopefully, uh, Noble Yates will go, go in again and be the, the tiger role that I hope he is. Yeah, he's got over a stone more on his back this year, which is plenty. Um, whether he can defy that, that, whether he's improved to be able to defy that, that's the question, Ross. Um, I really think that, that you know, that's the biggest concern with him. Whereas the likes of Delta Work, he was a very good third in this race. Um, he's actually a pound um, lower than he was last year. So considering he's coming into this off the back of that very good cross country win, they've clearly planned out his route to this um, uh, exactly, known exactly what he's needed to get them there he's probably at the weight slightly better off considering he's had a good season as well yeah and and if everything stands their ground he'll carry five pound less as well which is significant I just don't think he'll I don't think he'll stay I don't think he stayed last time I don't think a little bit less weight is going to is going to make enough difference to him um and I thought his jumping was he got away with a couple last time um if he's improved for that then you know, and and learn, then absolutely. But there's every chance you can go the other way, um, and they don't enjoy that first experience, and they and they regress from there. And I I take that view with him. I suppose those are the top three. We could talk about plenty more that have good profiles for this race. You know, Willie Mullins is two horses below them, but I think at this stage, let's chat about our selections um, and where we've gone. That you know, again, 
possibly and i've said this at the beginning it is a lottery there is so much luck that you need to you need to try and avoid um any of the dangers it's just who's the horse that um is capable of doing that um tom what have you been impressed with who do you think has got the nice sort of overall profile into this and also at quite a decent price yeah so only two selections so far uh on my own to post um portfolio i'll probably add a couple on the day as you do you know with the grand national it's good to, to throw a few darts at some big price runners uh but number eight is my number one without doubt i think he's the most logical winner of the race he's not very quirky at all um they go hard early that will suit him he stays tripped very well and the one thing i didn't mention a second ago is that he actually outbattled any second now and to do that against that gutsy horse uh needs marking up as well so nobody is my number one and the other horse i just want to throw into the mix a huge price is velvet elvis now seven-year-olds don't generally win the national though noble yates did last year and he kind of bellied that trend but tom gidney has aimed this horse at the national ever since uh, last season where he ran in the irish grand national and that day that was the only att only attempt he's had over uh, further than three miles he ran very well to finish sixth at a huge price as just a six-year-old as well it was an effort that you shouldn't be overlooking this year he's been tipping away tipping away won a couple of races and then last time out in the webster cup over a, a really inadequate trip uh for velvet elvis he finished seven lengths behind any second now now that form obviously ties in nicely with this race because any second now has history in the Grand National and they'll go into this year's renewal as one of the leading fancies. He only got three pounds off any second now that day. In the National, he'll get a 17 pound swing in his favour, which definitely suits him. He jumps well, he travels nicely, he'll be up in the vanguard early on. And I think at 40, 50 to one, Velvet Elvis has got an each way chance. Okay, why not? I mean, I, all I know about Velvet Elvis was just sort of re refreshing my memory on him is that he is he can be a bit of a front runner, and I'm not sure necessarily you want to be too exuberant um, for for something like a national. So, it'd be interested to see what how they how they ride the horse. But you know, he's, he's forty to one. It, you can't really go wrong um, with with a horse of that um, of that class. Definitely, he's been showing up in, in some good races as they prep him for the big one. Um, Ross, how's your anti post selections? How have you found coming down on an anti-post horse for this race because obviously you know year after year you, you're, you're looking for something with with a little bit of value I would imagine um, but it's become so it's become about class hasn't it it's become about um, you know these like there it's not about this old-fashioned chases anymore um, it's about you know who's been prepped in and who's had just about the right amount of match practice without winning too much to have the right weight um, to uh, to pull off a national victory. Yeah, so my, my one and only uh, anti-post bet before the before the last week was was our power at a, at a bigger price because he wasn't guaranteed to get in. Um, we did the, the ultimate pod back in October, early November, uh, and he just won at Ascot and I said he was bang on my radar for the for the coral trophy and i thought he was a horse that would 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 step forward when i said that i sort of had the, the scottish national in mind i didn't think he'd get up into the wakes as as he has done he missed the coral trophy through a small injury sam thomas's yard were then out of sorts through the the, the winter he returned at kempton ran a really good race over three miles there um, needed every yard of that He's a really nice, economical, measured jumper. He looks an uncomplicated ride. Um, Sam Tristan Davis is going to take the ride. He's got got good form round entry. I mean, even going back to his amateur days when he was on uh, Hello Bud. Um, I, I think this has got a nice, nice profile, nice racing weight. He's guaranteed a run now. Um, Sam Thomas, I think, is very good at targeting races. I think he 
He's definitely come in under the radar because he's not run a lot this winter. I don't think that is entirely by design, um, but it might just might just play to his hands. And then looking this last week, two that I like at, at bigger prices. The big dog is a horse I've always had plenty of time for. I was really keen on him for the Welsh National and they went and decided to win the Troy Town and he carried lumps of weight in the Welsh National and still finished third, ran a really, really good race. Um, and then tipped up in the in the Irish Gold Cup last time. And I'm not for a second saying he was going to stick on and win that, but he was far from done with. Um, and surely the biggest concern in a race of that grade was whether he'd actually have the speed to to lay up early. And he, and he did that comfortably enough, tipped up, wouldn't have had a hard race there. Um, you know, it's not ideal perhaps coming into a, to an, a Grand National offer off an unseat, but I think he's got a nice profile. And although he's high enough in the in the handicap, he's only going to carry 11 stone five, having been lugging, you know, 12 stone in the Welsh National, 11 stone 12. He'll feel like he's he's running with a lighter weight. I like that angle for him. Um, and then one that I do just like at a, at a much bigger price, I mean, around about 80 to one, is Durasso. Um He's stayed really well um, when winning at Turles over two miles six. Um, and he also stayed well when finishing third in the in the Kerry National. Um, now, at the weights, he comes out six lengths better than the winner of that, Bustleton, who then went on to run in the in the Coral Trophy um, and finished just behind Corrett Rambler. Um, so that form ties in. He's a smart jumper. He's had plenty of... Um, class over the years over trips of, of of two mile four i like a horse with a bit of speed that can get a position early um he's got to prove that he you know he's going to stay this extra mile in a bit but he wasn't stopping at the back of the Kerry national if anything he was finishing stronger than the two in front of him um i think he's got a nice nice profile i think his runs this year cry out that he's been being lined up for something um and and you know you you, you can't just go and plot to win a to win a national but I like the idea that he's been protected of his mark for something big, and I hope it's this. Okay, so our power, the big dog and Durasso for Ross at this stage. Um, TC's gone for Noble Yates and Velvet Elvis. My selections I'm going to throw out there for you just quickly are Ain't That a Shame, the slightly more un unknown one in the context of a Grand National. Um, he'll probably have um a support and his price might come in a bit if rachel blackmore does get confirmed as his rider but the rachel blackmore factor is just um it is a benefit she's done she's been there she's done that this horse is relatively unexposed for a nine-year-old um he has been brought back up and round they've sort of experimented with his trip and that was probably one thing that i'm slightly concerned about whether he definitely definitely stays um but he's a a, a pretty good um jumper of a fence um he has i think it will be interesting to see him coming around eight tree um and uh he's also think they've just saved him just quietly just sort of planning him out for this race um in the same way that they did with manila times um my next one is um, a horse that i actually tipped at last year longhouse poet for this race and he was quite um quite exuberant i thought in the in the national last year where he ran a very good race he was sick but um i think Dara keith would have probably he was being he using a lot of him out sort of nearly out in the front of the race. And I think you do want to be in a more of a mid division position and get smuggled into it. He comes um, into um, the race this year off the back of a, a pretty good campaign. Um, he was a good winner last time out and he's a definitely, definitely is a, a 
a good stare at this race as well. Um, I think they might just ride him a little bit differently or try and conserve his energy um, just that little bit um, this time around. And then the third horse I'm going to throw out there is Dunboyne, who I think is just, they've just worked out that he's a stayer. Um, he was a brilliant second in Thyestes, just beaten, uh, just couldn't manage to get to carefully selected. Then around a very good race, finished fourth at Cheltenham, um, where he was held up. They like they've essentially worked out that he's a stayer and that he needs to be held up, um, and that's the kind of characteristics I like to see in a in a national. Um, so um, I think that Dunboyne is interesting. I heard Jamie Cod say in an in, in an interview the other day that he's not going to be riding at Aintree. So I wonder who will be on board Dunboyne with Gordon Elliott. So um, slim on jockeys at the moment, and uh, he's got he Dunboyne would be one that I'd be really fascinated to see who. Uh, who gets chopped up on him um, and how they um, do go about riding them. But that quiet style will be how I'd like to see Dunboyne ridden for the Grand National. Um, that we, as I've said, it is a massive lottery. You can put all the time and effort that you want to into try and find your winner. But uh, just a bit like last year, it can just confuse you even more when things like that happen. Um, I think best of luck. Uh, and going about your selections, I don't think you're ever sort of wrong when it comes to a, a national case to be built. Um, but as um, Ross and Tom have said, they will be back um, previewing those uh, every day's racing the day before. So Wednesday for Thursday, is that correct? Uh, Thursday for Friday and Friday for Saturday. So don't miss those podcasts. Um, but we've hopefully taken you through the best of the action um, at this stage uh, for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Venture. I'm really looking forward to it. A reminder that new SBK customers can get £10 in free bets by betting £10. T's and C's always apply. Subscribe to whichever podcast channel you listen to. It's great to, to see so many people enjoying our podcast, especially our preview ones. And um, make sure to return to listen to those special podcasts with Ross and TC next week.